Hi, this is Pastor Pete, and I want to thank you for turning for tuning into Frontline Discipleship with Victory Outreach Eagle Rock in the city of Los Angeles. And today, I want to be sharing my testimony so that way you can get to know me just a little bit more. You see, I was born in the city of Los Angeles at the John Wesley Hospital on May the 4th, 1956 at 10.06 in the morning to the parents of Pedro and Anita Ruiz. You see, my father was born in the state of Colorado in a small town called Rocky Ford, Colorado, and my mom was born in the city of Los Angeles. I have two brothers and one sister, and we grew up in a community called Glassell Park, and home life was very good. Uh, it was very, very functional. We had just about everything we wanted. My dad was a hard worker. He worked a full-time job. He was a truck driver. He used to drive those big old diesel trucks. And my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom and took care of the home. She made sure that we had lunches when we went to school, gave us breakfast. When we got home, dinner was ready. There were snacks on the table. And we all had our job chores to do. And I remember because my dad came from the farms of Colorado and our backyard, we had a very big backyard. And I remember we had rabbits, ducks, and chickens. And on the side of the house, my dad would plant vegetables and fruit and things like that. And uh, when the chickens got big enough, some of them became dinner. Besides collecting all the eggs for breakfast. And I remember we had a favorite chicken called Chester. Well, one day Chester, my dad grabbed him by accident. And he became dinner for the family. And... Um, we had a great time uh, watching how my dad uh, butchered the animals for, for dinner and cleaned them up and things like that. And as I was growing up, you know that I was always doing something that got me in trouble. And I remember one day I was pretending that the neighbor ran me over. And he ran to tell my dad and mom that he ran me over and he was sorry. He was crying and they all ran to see me. But I was hiding in the bushes that day and I was laughing and boy, did I get in trouble. When I was about four or five years old, my dad was cutting the lawn. It was a hot summer day. My dad was cutting the lawn. And on top of the coffee table, I'm sure a lot of you remember those coffee tables. He left a can of beer there. And it was rare to see my dad drink. But my dad had a can of beer that hot summer day. And he left it on top of the table. It was open. And I was thirsty. And I came and I thought it was a can of soda. So I drank the whole thing. And when my dad came in the house to take a, a, a little break, uh, he noticed that his can was empty. And he thought my mom drank it. And he was accusing my mom. And then when they saw me walking by, I was drunk. I was loaded. And they had to put me in the ice cold shower to uh, sober me up. And the next day, I had a mean hangover. But I was always doing things to get myself in trouble. But every year besides that, my dad would take us on nice vacation trips. Um, we'd go to Colorado State to visit the family. I remember watching my Uncle Chris and my dad uh, ride in the, in the county fairs and their big horses they had. And after the county fair, they go deer hunting, they go bear hunting, and they come back with deers and bears and and uh, uh, things like that. And it was we would have such a great time. I remember another time we went from... from um, Northern California to Southern California, visiting all the missions. We want to visit all the missions that were built in California. And boy, that was a trip. That was an excitement. 
We had so much fun that day. Uh, but in 1971, tragedy hit our home. Our home caught on fire. The house went up in flames and my father lost his life. I watched my father burn. And I remember on the clothesline, there was a blanket that I wanted to grab and run and uh, turn the fire off of my dad's body. But my body was so frozen that I couldn't even move. But my mind was saying, go, go, go. And I, I just couldn't move. And I remember after it was all over, my dad walked by me and he said, Junior. And he called me Junior because we had the same name. He said, Junior, I'm going to be okay. And he walked himself to the ambulance. And two days after, he passed away. And um, I remember that was my 14th birthday uh, that my father was gone. After that, we went to live with my grandmother. And my life was never the same. I remember giving up on school. I didn't care about nothing or anybody. I had so much anger towards God. I was blaming God every day for taking my father away from me for no reason at all. And, and, and people would tell me about the love of God, the love of Jesus, and I didn't want to hear it. Because I'm thinking, this God you're talking about, that you say he loves me, then why did he take my dad from me? And I would be thinking, who's going to help me grow up to be that man that my dad was? Because my dad was a good example. He was a great example of being a husband, of being a father. You know, he knew how to discipline us. And, and I was going to miss that. And so I felt like I got robbed by God himself. Um, later on, I got involved in the gang in the community right there. It was a gang called The Avenues. I got involved and I started getting in a lot of trouble. So in 1975, I signed up for the army. I passed everything. All I needed to do was get sworn in. And that was going to happen on a Monday morning. But I never made it. Uh, because uh, we had a go-away party. And my uncle uh, got us in trouble. And I got a arrested for some battering the police officer. So I never made it to the army. In 1978, I got shot. And lost the use of my right arm for about a year and a half. Um, I remember one of my best friends, Mundo Ramirez. Uh, we were going down the neighborhood and we ran into some rivals. And uh, we started yelling at each other and cussing at each other. And I remember me and Mundo stopped the car. They stopped their car. We all jumped down. We all started fighting. And, um, you know, we got lucky and beat them all up and we took off. And when we got back to the neighborhood, I told Mundo, let's go back and let's, let's finish them off. So we went back and we didn't know that they were going to be waiting for us. Uh, we, I remember going down the street and Mundo t told me that there was a car following us, but I wasn't paying attention because I was loaded. I had shot some heroin. I was smoking PCP. I was drinking a, a tall can of Budweiser. And I was listening to this song called uh, Drop the Bomb on You by the Gap Band. And I remember telling Mundo, hey, this is a nice song. I like this song. And I was in the car dancing by myself. And he said, but there's a car following us. And I didn't pay no attention. And next thing I know, uh, he hit the brakes so hard. And I flew forward. And they were shooting from all over the place. And I remember I, I, I tried to duck. And, and you could hear the car being peppered up by the bullets. And you could hear the different gun sizes going off. And finally, when it stopped, I picked up my head. And I was riding shotgun. And I remember picked up my head looking out the window. And there was one of the rival gang members looking at me, cussing me out. And he had the gun pointed right at my face. 
and he shot at me three times. One hit me in the arm, one hit me in the back, and I don't know where the other one went. And uh, somehow Mundo was able to start the car, and we took off. And um, I remember they, he was taking me to the Glendale Memorial Hospital, and we were going so fast that you could smell the car oil burning. And you could still hear them chasing us and shooting at us all the way to the hospital. And I remember telling myself, don't pass out, don't pass out because you could go into a coma or you can never make it out. And I try to stay up as much as I can until I saw the doctors running out of the hospital. Then I passed out. Um, about two weeks later, I came out of the hospital and uh, I didn't learn my lesson. I continued uh, to be the gang member and... And then I became more of a drug addict instead of a gang member. I left the gang life and became a drug addict. And I remember I picked up my last case. It was for uh, armed robbery. And um, I beat the case and I got I got home. And I remember I ran into a friend called Nancy Chavez. And she goes, Pete, we're going to church. You want to go with us? And I said, no, I don't want to go to church. I didn't want to hear about God. I was still angry with God. Because my life was all messed up. It was torn apart. And I was hurting. I, I was really scarred inside. And I really missed my dad a lot. And I always wished I had my dad with me. Um, and I wouldn't have to live this lifestyle. But it's the style that I chose that I thought would take away the pain and the hurt. And I remember going in my house, taking a shower, getting ready. And coming out with my khakis all creased and my penultane and my little hat. And... Uh, I remember walking down the sidewalk and literally my mind went blank. I forgot where I was going. I forgot what I went outside to do. And I remember telling myself on the walking down the street, what was I going to do? Where was I going? And I could not remember. I ended up at Nancy's house, knocking on the door, asking her for a ride to church. That night, I don't really even remember getting in the car. I just remember sitting in the back row of the church, and they call it Sinner's Row. And I remember sitting back there hearing the message, and the message was like my whole life. It was like somebody called uh, the evangelist telling them that I was coming to visit. And I remember when they had the altar call that I got up. I didn't even know what an altar call was, but I remember I got up and I ran to the altar and I slid on my knees. And I start crying like a baby saying, God, if you're for real, change me because I can't live like this no more. I took too much pain home. I was hurting my mom. My older brother was mad at me. He was hurt with me. Uh, my younger sister wanted to be like me. My other brother, he was hurting. He was lost. And uh, I said, God, if you're real, change my life because I can't do this no more. And I remember I pulled out of my pocket a half a balloon of heroin and a needle and a big switchblade that I used to carry. And I threw it at the altar. And I remember they prayed for me. And uh, I got up and, and I stood up and I just kept crying and crying and saying, God, change me. Please change me if you're real. And I remember that night I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And I really got scared because I didn't know what was going on. And um, my life has never been the same. That was in 1982 that I gave my life to Christ. I went to the home for a while. Um and it's the home disciplines that I learned that have kept me almost 34 years in serving the Lord. In 1987, I met my wife, uh, Nally. Uh, we got married in 1987, November the 9th. And today we have four children. We have three girls and one boy, four grandchildren, and one more on the way.
And uh, it's a blessing because uh, in spite of, all my kids are going to church. They're serving the Lord. Uh, God, God is fulfilling his plan and purpose in their lives, just like he did for me and my wife. And not too long ago, it was last year in um, November, that I, I've been on dialysis for 15 years. And uh, last year I had to go to the one-day surgery because my leg got clotted up and they had to declot it. When they put me under anesthesia, I went flatline for four minutes and um, my life was gone. But for some miraculous reason, God breathed life into me one more time. And I came in, I came out and went to a coma for five days. And uh, I'm just a grateful person that God gave me another chance to live. And I'm able to see my, my fourth, grand, fifth grandchild uh, be born uh, to Martin and Ruby, who are associate pastors in Eagle Rock. Uh, my son Pops and his wife Jasmine, they're life group leaders in at the Mother Church in Chino. Uh, my daughter uh, uh, Frances and her husband Mike and my other daughter Anna, we got we to gotta pray them back into the kingdom of God. But they're very close because God is showing me they're very close to getting saved again. And um, right now what I do is I, I'm a life group leader in Eagle Rock. Uh, I love discipleship. I'm discipling couples. I'm discipling young men, young women uh, to grow in the things of God. And today um, I pray that my testimony will touch somebody out there that's listening. And I want to thank you once again for tuning in to uh, Frontline Discipleship. And I pray that you subscribe. You, you be a, a subscriber. And every week we're going to have a fresh message for you. And uh, also we're going to have other testimonies coming on here to share. Uh, guys that I grew up with. Guys that were part of the Mexican Mafia. But God changed their lives. Uh, all because God changed me. They, they looked up to me and now their lives are being transformed. They're married. They're having children. And that's just the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. When a man surrenders his life to Christ. Again, thank you for tuning in to Frontline Discipleship.